welcome to episode two of Dot Eco Secrets, the podcast. I'm Jennifer Rapkins, your host, ready for round two. Catherine should hopefully be joining us uh, next week. She had a recent loss, uh, so she needed to take some time away, uh, which is the reason why there wasn't an episode earlier this week. Um, so today's episode is about how every entrepreneur can get started on the right track immediately by challenging their doubts. I'm going to walk you through an interesting exercise in a bit that I'd absolutely love for you to try out, and it's not an easy one, so it should be fun. Challenging your doubts and beliefs takes a lot of self-reflection. I had the hardest time trying to determine my why for my cause. I had a hard time understanding within myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? What got me into this field and have the passions that I do? To have the answers to these things comes time. I'm not a patient person and I'm terrible with things like inner reflection, so this is something that I've been working and struggling with over the last few years. The biggest part of this is acknowledging your fears. And most people don't like doing that. Because people see fear in a, in a negative connotation and as a form of weakness, when it can absolutely be the other way around. If you understand your weaknesses, you can rise above them by utilizing your strengths to help guide your fears and doubts. This, to me, is a form of strength. To help better understand this, I'm going to uh, provide some examples of my own fears and doubts and how I've been able to resolve those. So my first example would be that I fear taking too long with the process to find success. I fear having to go back to my nine to five in order to afford to live. How do I overcome this? I have to, I have to crush it. <laughs> the word success means something different to everyone. So I first need to establish what does success mean to me? Well, one way to determine this would be to look at who I consider to be successful. Well, there's the obvious choices like Tony Robbins, who let's face it, inspires everyone. Um, but let's, let's look at people even smaller than that. Uh, so I look up to people like Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels, uh, Julie Stoyan and Steven Larson, both marketers, uh, Jasmine Starr, Jenna Kutcher, both photographers and marketers. You can kind of tell who influences me. <laughs> uh, Melissa Maker, who is a successful YouTuber of a Toronto-based uh, cleaning company called Clean My Space, and she was actually a source of my inspiration when I started cleaning my or start excuse me started with my cleaning business uh, many years ago. And honestly, it's been super cool to follow her along her journey to see her rise up quite a bit. But then there's also friends and family. There are a lot of those close in my life that I look up to because I believe they're successful. I follow in people's stories. Their content may not necessarily pertain to me, but their stories are interesting and I end up becoming so invested that I enjoy following along their success. Some I follow because they're in a related market and others because, well, as I said, I'm personally invested. There's a, a YouTuber I follow, he's a, a gaming uh, YouTuber called Booby2988 and like he started off doing like ridiculous videos and I don't know how I ended up following him necessarily, was, he was funny, but he started doing this what he calls a rambling series on his YouTube channel and that's literally all I follow now. I'm like, I don't even know why I follow you, but I'm so invested in your story that at this point, I, I'm, I'm interested. I follow, I watch his rambling series every week. 
I don't watch the videos about gaming reviews and all this other stuff that he's done, even though that is his his niche, but I'm I'm just interested in his story because it's interesting now. So what other ways can success be determined? In a modern society, many people look at how many followers on social media they might have or heck, even what their salary is like. While being a six-figure Insta princess looks successful, it definitely is not, at least not in my books. <laughs> as social media influencers, and, and I'm going to use Instagram as an example here because it's the easiest one to use, they rate their success on likes. But how many of those likes are your actual friends? There's so many bots out now, and like I've noticed this even on my own um, boosted posts, like there's people liking them, I'm like I don't even know who you are or where you came from, chances are they're a bot. And, and there's other people, and my own friends are doing it, where they do things like hashtag like for like, it's inauthentic. You can have 50 likes on a photo, but only 10 of them actually mean anything because they're like from people you know or, or they might actually be an ideal client, which is fine. <laughs> but on top of this, bragging about fortune is also fake to me. While commonly used as a sales tactic and a successful one, I'll admit, if it's done right, a lot of people throwing cash around as a form of success is not reliable. Here, so I'll explain this a little better. So someone comes up to you and says, I made 2.3 million last year. Cool. How? The response is how you can determine their levels of success. So answers like, I hustled every day, or I gave up everything, or I didn't sleep or eat for seven days. Anything that shows hashtag business is life is not success to me. It's money in the pocket, but it's not a great life. That's the difference. Answers like, I work super hard, but made sure to find balance in my life. Or, I only have 10k followers, but they're all super engaging, would be very acceptable. You might hear now that a lot of successful people hardly even work. They might have two or three hour days, or some people, um, they have like 10 hour work weeks. But I mean, they're, they're at a point now, if like if you get to that point, it's because you've, you've done it. You have worked very hard to get to that point, and that's great. But you don't need to work a 16 hour work day to be successful. <laughs> that's just gonna lead you to an early grave. So some people are like, oh, I gotta hustle, I gotta hustle. It's like, yeah, you gotta work hard, sure, but like, don't don't kill yourself while doing it. It's not worth it. What's the point of making all that money if you're not enjoying your life with people you love? What does that 16-hour workday, and, and I know that's just an exaggeration, but I'm just trying to accentuate the point here. How does that make a difference opposed to working a regular eight or nine hours or even less of quality valued work? quality. <laughs> you can work 16 hours, but how much of that 16 hours is actually good stuff, right? There might be days that you might need to put a little, need to put in a little extra work, sorry for my fumbling there, that's fine, but there's a stigma about entrepreneurs having to work ridiculous amount of hours to find any level of success. So, like I work some days I work maybe 12 hours in a day, which is a lot. My brain hurts. Um, and I still try to find time at the end of the 12 hours or even beforehand to meditate or 
watch a TV show, or just do something enjoyable and relaxing, just to kind of decompress, um, or spend time with my with my partner, like go for a walk, whatever. And then there's other days where I only end up working five, but those five hours are like really proactive hours. Like I shouldn't have to justify my work day in 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 success terms, right? Anyway, I'm I'm done rambling about that. <laughs> So I'm going to redirect myself back to my fear crushing. I said that I had a fear of the process to finding success so I didn't have to go back to my 9 to 5. The acknowledgement here is that I wanted to find financial freedom so I could afford to be able to use my time more valuably. Now that I've defined what success means to me, how will I crush this fear? Well, I need to focus and dedicate myself to my passion. I need to make a commitment and definitely use some form of accountability to ensure that my time was balanced or is balanced. But not so that I get distracted because holy smokes, shiny object syndrome with me is a real thing. But that, that fear doesn't scare me anymore because I've acknowledged this with myself. So very quickly before we move on, I want to do a quick exercise uh, to help you acknowledge your own success, successes. And this isn't the same challenges I mentioned in my introduction, but this is just something kind of pertaining to it. So here's a question for you. How are you capable of succeeding? If you need to write it down, that, that's fine. But really think about it. How are you capable of succeeding? This doesn't have to be a long answer and just to say that it helps, um, I'll share mine with you. So, how am I capable of succeeding? Well, I will not let others tell me that this will not work. I have invested a heck of a lot of time and money into my business, my brand, and my beliefs, and I know that it will work out. I have a great support network, and I've even released those negative Nellies out of my life so then nothing can hold me back. I will consult with Catherine, who is my direct support, or my Facebook groups, which offer me uh, my tech or morale support, and of course my life partner when I'm feeling stuck. And if I'm ever feeling down, I will, I will remember that I just need to do it. Just do it. By the way, I would absolutely love to hear what your answers are. I'm going to end up having an Instagram post uh, promoting this episode, so you can absolutely leave uh, the message on there, whether uh, publicly if you feel comfortable with that, or send me a private DM, or just shoot me a message anywhere. I'm very curious to hear how you feel you are capable of succeeding. So let's do another fear-crushing experiment. I have a fear of not feeling confident in my topic. Now this is a popular fear with most entrepreneurs. Uh, imposter syndrome, basically. So how do you bust the imposter syndrome? For me, it's acknowledging what I do know and understanding my role in my business. You don't need to know everything. I don't know everything. I benefit in a way because I have a co-business partner and we understand our own personal strengths and weaknesses. It's also a fear for many people who are still fairly young, like myself, that I can't be qualified as an expert in anything because of my age. But that's a false belief. I may not be a designer, 
but I am an experienced entrepreneur. I have experience in renovations and building on, on a more hands-on application. I busted through this fear when I thought about all the times we had been at customers' homes discussing product and because I've installed, let's say, tiles, I can go into more in-depth information so the customer is informed about what they should know about tiles or grout or their trim pieces, etc. I found my strength through what I do know. I don't need the contractor there to have to interpret what we want. I can explain it myself. My mom doesn't know how to tile. So when we're having a discussion, she goes, yeah, here's the tile thing. I can now explain the technical side of it. Here's how they're going to do it. It's added a huge value in our service. I'm not saying everybody has to run their business like that by any means, but that is how I provided authority in our business. This is how I got over that needing to feel like an expert thing. Through my experiences, I was able to share and provide my own level of value. I'm gonna do another one uh, before I move on because this is a big one and I feel you're likely in the same boat which is the reason why I really definitely wanted to use this one. So I fear not feeling tech enough for my business and feeling overwhelmed with everything available to me. And I'm pretty techy, so for me to say that, I can't even imagine how people with far less tech ability manage to have an online business. It must be really intimidating. So how do I bust this one? For the sake of the podcast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust this with you. Let's assume you're uh, a new business owner with low moderate tech ability and low financial backing, because that's how I started. <laughs> you know how to access your emails, you know how to use Facebook, and let's say a friend of yours helped create a basic website to get you started, but there's not much else going on. So this comes to time versus money or opportunity cost. If you've taken any kind of basic economics course, I'm sure you know what this means. But in the case that you don't, basically, at least in this context, if you have something to do, would it be more valuable to pay for someone to do it? Or is there more value in you doing it? If you decide to pay someone to do it, yes, it costs money, but can you be doing something you're good at to earn that money back to have the purchase be worth it? So I'll give you an example. I, uh, I had a business coach once a few years ago bust this for me when I was complaining about always spending so much time cleaning my house instead of working. Now, this is also a form of procrastination, I think, but anyway. <laughs> he asked, well, can you get someone else to do it? I said, sure, but I don't really have money for that. He said, well, can you do something to earn money for it that's contributing to earn even more? Your house gets cleaned and you're working towards your goal. Okay, I liked his point. So I hired someone to clean my house. Um, and just as a, a little side note here, um, so because I had been cleaning houses prior to that and I've always been very good about my house cleaning abilities, um, I wasn't really happy with the results, so I concluded that I should just keep cleaning my own home. But the principle was there, and, and honestly, it was a really cool lesson for me to learn that it really helped, uh, helped me make business decisions about whether I should do or hire. So in this case, despite procrastination, I established that I should just clean my own home. 
because I did a better job and the, and the value for me wasn't there. Okay, so I've learned that, no problem. So to further enhance on this, what is your time worth? If you're good at copywriting, then awesome, do that. But if you can't write HTML, why spend the time trying to fumble your way through it? Hire someone to do it and then do what you're good at to pay for it. Find your who. Who can do it? Who's in your network? Or who might know someone who can help you? That's a whole lot of who. Anyway, with Facebook's algorithm always changing, at the moment anyway, um, they are really supporting Facebook groups. So definitely find yourself tribes, and I say tribes like plural, because it's so good to have different different support network groups because everybody's got a different vibe, right? So ask them. Ask them. Use your resources. So to wrap this up, here comes the exercise challenge. I'm definitely not the first person to discuss this challenge as I had learned it uh, from famous entrepreneur Dean Graziosi. Um, and I think he probably got it from somebody else like this is, oh yeah, yeah, actually he did. Sorry, I'm just trying to recall his book. <laughs> um, this is not a new concept, but I really wanted to share it. It's called Seven Levels Deep. It really helps establish the, the true why. Why are you doing what you do? Because I need the money is likely a common response. Well, dig deeper. Why do you need the money? Etc. It's It's actually really impacting. So this exercise is ideal to do every few months. Uh, it's also helpful for checking in with yourself. Uh, as someone who is not very good at inner reflection, this challenge is extremely um, difficult for myself, but I'm gonna provide an example of how it works. Uh, you can do this by yourself, uh, by writing it or saying it out loud, or you can have someone challenge you so then you don't really have time to think about the questions, you know what I mean? Depending on how comfortable you feel about it. <clears throat> so, number one, Jen, why did you start a podcast? Well, I wanted to change lives by helping them towards a better path and habits to success. Why did you want to change lives? Because I because I feel good serving others by impacting their business positively. Why does it feel good to serve others? I'm eager to share everything I know about the industry and how people can benefit to help their customers and save the planet. Why is it important for you to have a business that helps others? Well, I want to be able to do more for my planet in the ways that I can. This is round five now. Why is it important for you to help the planet? Well, I hate seeing people so sick for things that are in our control. Why is this sense of control important to you? I was sick because of a sick building and I had to leave my job and take six months off because of it. I lost out on a good income and my partner had to help support me. I don't want others to have to go through that. In the last round, why is it important that you don't want others to go through that? We have the ability to make the changes possible to have healthy lives. We need to share this message not only for ourselves, but for everyone else. See how that works? 
A simple, why did I start a podcast, dove deep into why I truly started it. To help take control of our lives by creating a healthier one. Usually when these questions are asked, the answer tends to lead to financial freedom or a form of status. In this case, it leads to a bit of both. So I strive for a sorry for a successful business, so I can in turn, uh, I can do more for our planet. Anyway, I think you should give it a try. It's a really cool exercise. Uh, definitely makes you think quite deep <laughs> about it. Um, so anyway, I want to thank everyone for turning tuning into episode two, as I am now officially fumbling over my words. <laughs> Um, about challenging our doubts and fears. I hope after this you're able to really reflect on your own fears. Be real with yourself. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe for more and join us at karmadesigners.com for more on how you can succeed with having an eco-conscious brand and to join our community. And for everyday stuff, you can check us out on Instagram mm -hmm. and Facebook at Nested Green. I hope you guys have a wonderful day and thank you very much.